0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the North by Northwest Jersey podcast. I'm here with Eric Horning, owner and head tattoo artist at Antihero Electric Tattooing in Andover, New Jersey. Hi, Eric. How you doing today? I'm pretty good. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. Uh, nice, bright and early on this spring day. Um, so for those who may not know you or um, have ever been here before, can you just give us a little bit of background about yourself? So tattooing... I guess, um,
1: it's kind of the evolution of an art career, so I figured out a way to make money every day as an artist and not have to work like a donkey um so I used to paint signs in and out of Manhattan do
0: gold leaf and that type of thing, and uh gold leaf to um what exactly for those who may not know so
1: it's like one of those ancient practices so you basically use a you you create a glue and you use that as paint and then 23 karat hammered thin gold is then applied to the sizing it's called and then you burnish it or polish it or whatever and so like any irish pub window or anything like that that's what oh okay or like uh dimensionally like v carved signs you'll see um we would go leaf them I did the signs in front of Pershing Square in front of Grand Central Station like on a scissor lift during rush hour it was some, some cool stuff but it's it all ends up like I don't know like tattooing is cool because I like I bartended too because I couldn't make enough money sign painting and so then tattooing is like combining art and bartending so I just bullshit with people all the time and I like it I'm probably
0: better at bullshitting than I am at tattooing so I mean, I, I see what you're saying. Cause like, obviously you're going to be sitting here for potentially hours on end, um, with the same person solo. That's, that's a lot. You gotta be able to be a people person. Um, at the same time, I mean, I think you do really good work, so I don't think you should downplay yourself there necessarily either, but so you were actually working as an artist in the city in and out, yeah. in and out and, um, Tattooing though is such a interesting art form because it's like this is something that's permanent on someone's body um what made you transition into that? Was it the fact that you like was your background in more traditional art or was it like, oh you know, I just always want to do that and like you were always kind of looking at this as like the final frontier for you, and the other stuff was just kind of like to get by until you could do this no so painting signs was cool but
1: it didn't i didn't feel whole like i liked doing it and it was kind of like a combination I like my dad was a woodworker and a carpenter and he built houses so painting signs was like um what i grew up doing with my dad and then the combination of art and i thought that would be perfect and then as i began like the longer i did it the less i liked it And so then in order to, like I was saying about just trying to figure out a way to make money, but not have to compromise being an artist. I got to a point where I was done bartending. I was exhausted. And I said to my wife, like, what are we going to do? I got to figure out a way to do this. She goes, what do you, you know, like, what what do you want to do? And I said, you know, when I was. When I, instead of painting signs, when I was 19, I wish I'd have started tattooing. And I think that would be a great way to make money. And she's like, it's not too late. So I talked to a friend. And um, I was 29 years old with a baby and a baby on the way. And he was like, yeah, let's go. So then I apprenticed for a couple of years and worked for him for another couple of years. And then I opened this place after four years.
0: Okay. So, so like you said you grew up around here you grew (laughs) up in Stillwater. yep and you always wanted to be an artist
1: yeah like i didn't ever want to be anything else
0: like so from you know early age it was always like that's that's what i'm gonna do that's that's the end game yep okay now are you classically trained at all or was it always just kind of like you just had it naturally in you and you're pursuing it without actually getting any formal training no so i I went away to school, actually, I went away to school with your sister,
1: yeah <laughs> um th- I went away to school and I, I for two and a half years, I took all the fundamental courses of an art school degree or whatever, and uh I what tripped me up was having to show up for academic classes and but I definitely got like a very fundamental learn the rules before you're allowed to break the rules art education, and then through just working in art fields. That, you know your skills, kind of. I know you develop a style um, with respect to like what your aesthetic is or whatever. And I just stay there. I don't really go outside my comfort zone. Okay. And I don't give a shit. Like I do what I want to do. And if it ends up that I don't hit the home run and they don't want to get a tattoo from me, I'm okay with that because I don't want to. Like I'm not going to do portraits. I'm not a portrait artist. And-
0: right. No. And, and and almost any artist has a style or a comfort zone in the sense of like you know there are portrait artists there are you know photographers who do certain types of photography or whatever so you feel like you've found like that right mix where you're in the right zone yeah that's great
1: i got some good advice from my father and he said if you're going to be a farmer don't just grow broccoli and so I have five other side hustles going on at all times. Yeah. You know, and then I don't burn out tattooing because I have income. I have residual income, things coming in from other directions so that I don't have to just grind all day, every day tattooing. Right. Which keeps me from, because I think a lot, there's a lot of burnout in tattooing.
0: Really? Yeah. Um, just because of the repetitive nature, the hours, what, what, what about it do you think causes such burnout? You have to dance for dinner every
1: day. And so it's not like a paycheck comes just because you were here. If you don't tattoo, you don't give hate. Right. And so I think that pressure, people eventually are just like, they're not making enough money and they got, you know, the mortgage still shows the bill still shows up. And if they can't pay it, then they
0: got to find other work. Okay. And then that pressure all the time, dancing for dinner. Right. they They can't hold up. And there's a lot of tattoo shops out there. So there's competition. So like with that being the case, um it's kind of a hustle situation, right? And if you're not a hustler,
1: you get just swept away. Okay. Yeah. It's, that's the biggest thing is like finding ways. And like you, you can't, I don't ever want to like impose upon people. I don't like having conversations outside of work about work, but if you hear four people at the bar talking about tattoos or they're not happy with their tattoo or whatever, you have to take that opportunity then to hustle them into your shop. Okay. And the uh, as, like every time I go to the bar, it's like I got to hear people's stupid plans about what their sleeve is gonna be or whatever, and I'm just, it's like uh, I got to be polite because I'm in a service industry, but at the same time, it's like I don't ever get away from it once they figure it well,
0: out. Well, that again. was what I was about to ask. So, <clears throat> being that it's like kind of a grind and a hustle in a way, when you have people here and you're tattooing and maybe you don't even like the person, or maybe you don't like the tattoo, or whatever it is. Like you said, it's a service industry. It may not seem like that from the outside, but you kind of have to put on the the face because that's another paycheck. Not just that day, but maybe they come back, or maybe they tell their friend. And so you feel like a pressure to always kind of play play the game, if you will? I used to.
1: And now, look, the way I've built the shop, it's all referral because I'm not in a strip mall. I don't have foot traffic. There's nobody just happens to pop you're in. You're not
0: on the boardwalk? Just right. getting the, uh, hey, I got drunk on right, a right. spring break. Woo.
1: Yeah. I don't even <laughs> I don't even do not even walk-ins if I can help it. I don't like spontaneous because it's like um, if they just then deem their tattoo to be a bad decision, then you're associated with it.
0: Yeah. yeah. They, they say you're the reason that yeah. this is bad. Not oh, I was, drunk, I was drunk and I made a terrible decision. Yep okay
1: so then so i just don't i try not to accommodate or if it's if it's a good idea and it's spontaneous i'm like hell yeah let's go but if and i'll do script literally all day whenever anybody wants script it's like yeah come on in i'll fit you in because it's easy fast and you can make a lot of money doing it but like any you know writing or anything like yeah
0: yeah um what was your have you ever actually been in working in a situation like that where like you know like the classic like strip molly kind of place where People come in, walk in, and they just—you know—you yeah. can already see it coming from a mile away. Like, this person's not gonna be happy with this come tomorrow or a week from now, or whatever.
1: So, the first tattoo shop I worked at was two doors down from a laundromat, and people would just be like waiting for their clothes and not have control <laughs> and come in. And so then there was times, where, and you didn't care because at that point in your career it was like make money. Yeah, yeah. well, sure. So do it. So I used to newton used to have a larger mexican population now it's mostly colombians and it's, it's just guatemalans and whatever but for whatever reason these i got tapped into this group of dudes they were so loyal and they were uh i put up a sign in the laundromat in my like spanglish that said half price tattoos in spanish and then that led to like one guy like coming in and then it just kind of steamrolled and i tattooed so many of those dudes i'm thankful and i still run into them from time to time like at a diner or whatever and it's like oh, yeah, i remember that and I, you know i don't want to see the portrait of jesus christ i did in my second year in tattooing but it's it's still good to see those dudes still around
0: yeah yeah but at the laundromat situation people would just get bored and just be yeah. like oh well 27 minutes left what can i get yeah
1: I, seriously and, it, and it, but that, that point in my career like if if i didn't do a 40 dollar tattoo i couldn't buy baby formula on the way
0: home so oh yeah no no I judgment do, there yeah. more of just like wow people really just will do anything huh Yep. um what was the worst tattoo you saw when you were doing that or did when you were in that uh laundromat strip mall place <clears throat> there's got to be one where you're like that was just So, yeah, and I haven't seen this guy since.
1: I might have seen him once after I did it. So, it's kind of become infamous. My wife and I used to run a camp for families affected by AIDS and HIV. And uh, the one mom, she had to be like 6'5", 300 pounds. And uh, she's like, Miss Derek, you you have a lot of tattoos. I said, she's like, how many do you have? I'm like, I don't know. I don't really count. And uh, she's like, I have a tattoo, but I'm not going to show you. like come on how bad can it be so she's like all right but don't make fun of me so she pulls up her pant leg and she's got a bat wing penis tattooed on her ankle so like stay here I'm gonna get my camera and this is before I tattooed (laughs) so I took a picture of the bat wing penis and uh kind of forgot about it. it was in a box of photos then when I started tattooing I stuck it on the bulletin board in my tattoo room and so then this one guy came and actually it was a guy I did my first ever tattoo on my first customer. He was there for like his third tattoo and he sees it on the wall. He's like, is that a dick? I said, yeah, they're free if you want one. and didn't think anything of it. And so then the next day I'm tattooing and wow. my boss pops his head in, and he's like, Hey, uh, there's a guy we want to talk to you out in the lobby. So, all right. So I go out and see him real quick. And he's like, is that really free? I said, yeah, it's like, I want to get it so he wanted to get it so now with respect to nature and science and whatever drawing the tattoo was like trying to make sure it was like an idyllic penis like with length and girth and <laughs> like it just should look correct
0: anatomically yeah, you know i yeah, want to keep the integrity of the art here right. you know just because it's a penis doesn't mean it doesn't deserve the respect uh you know right so
1: but as i drew it i'm like this I don't know. I just was. I felt silly. Like here I am, put it on professionally drawn a penis, and uh, <laughs> so then I put a handlebar mustache on the end of it, like <laughs> bushy. It was perfect, and I just like it. Kind of made up my mind at that moment. Like I'm not doing it unless he lets me add the mustache to the end. So. When he saw it, he like, he doubled over laughing like, yes, that's what we're doing. So then I tattooed him on his hip and he wasn't gay or anything. It was just like, yeah, it I was it'd say, be like, great so and funny why? to have a dick tattoo. He just thought know? it was fun. Because yep. I was like, it was okay, great,
0: why too. did this guy
1: want this? Yep. And I, I didn't even get it. There was a a language barrier there. So I didn't really converse too much. I was just like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. So the, I tattooed his hip and uh, I think he just wanted it to be able to show people at parties. So. It was pretty good. It's, it's
0: a conversation piece. Yeah. yeah. And, and so then the
1: drawing kicked around the tattoo shop. And it, it was just one of those things where it went from bulletin board to bulletin board and it always stayed around the copying machine. We would then draw that mustache when we took pictures of. We, we used to have to photocopy people's licenses for consent and whatever. And we would draw it on with a marker, like a Captain Morgan mustache, on everybody's license. And then they wouldn't notice when you gave them back to them. Just one of those.
0: When you originally put that on the wall, right? The the original penis. Yep. Was the intention to dissuade people who might be coming in to make bad decisions or did you just think it was funny? Yeah. Well, uh, okay. Because I was like, oh, I could see that where someone comes in and they think to themselves, I'm drunk, I have, no, I have a few minutes here. I just want to be, get a tattoo. And you're like, hey, look, this is somebody else who probably thought the same thing and this is what they wound up with. So maybe think twice about it. Or have you you dissuaded anyone like in in situations like that where they come in and they were like, hey, you know, washing machine's taking a while, going to do this. And you're like, I need money, but like maybe this is a terrible idea.
1: I have strong feelings about the integrity of what you should and shouldn't do. And if you don't believe it to be a good idea, don't fucking do it. Okay, so you've talked people out of... All the time. I talk money out out the door all the time. And it ends up bringing people back because they're like, no, he... He was honest with
0: me and I appreciated that that it, you know.
1: Right. And like and then they sleep on it and they realize that was the best decision they ever made was not to get the tattoo.
0: Well, so. I mean it's a permanent decision. So, yeah, you better you better like it not just today but, you know, yeah. a month or a year from now. Now, when you do that though, like you said, I could I totally understand why someone would then be like, okay, this guy turned down money, so obviously He's doing it for the the art and the integrity behind it, instead of just because it's a paycheck. I mean, like like you said, it's a hustle. You're doing it for the paycheck, but you have enough integrity to turn something down if you don't believe in it. When that's the case, though, do you often, you know, make suggestions based on what they were like? Oh, I came in and I wanted this dick tattoo, and you're like, hey, maybe not a dick tattoo, but right. why pivot. don't you do yeah. pivot to this or yeah. whatever?
1: Then that, that's all it is. Is like. It's, I don't want to say like i' I don't feel like I manipulate people, but it's it's kind of a manipulation where like you can like a card trick where you you can always make their card turn up and so then I like if they're standing at the table, it's like there's nothing here so then that's another thing is there's nothing on the walls here for them that just okay, I'll have this one with this number or whatever. I start out with a blank sheet of paper and just start talking to them yeah and so then once we're talking, it's like it could be that their idea is close, but then I'd spark something in me and then I'm able to sell them my idea inspired by their idea. So it's not, it's not their original idea, but it's the evolution of the two of us. And I think that's always, if it's just my idea or just your idea, I don't feel like it's the strongest tattoo, but when we kind of, where your idea inspires me to go, that ends up being the better tattoo. Cause it's like two brains instead of just like me trying to, pull something out of
0: somebody's mind's eye, right? Well, I mean, and I think that makes sense because I, as someone who took a long time to decide on what they wanted, probably too long, um, I it's, it's important to get it right. And I'm happy with how my, everything that I did turned out, but I also do understand that, like, once you kind of have the itch. There's no scratching it until you kind of get it done. Mm -hmm. And so that negotiation, if you will, kind of between like what the idea is and scratching the itch, there's a dance. Mm -hmm. Um, When people come in, though, and they they seem dead set on something, can that lead to, you know, and you maybe don't believe in it, are those conversations tougher or... You know, do you sometimes have to just turn them away or do you just, if they're truly dead set on it, Hey, it is what it is. It takes me a while to get to that where I give up on them and just,
1: all right, fine, I'll fucking do whatever you want. Like, I think it's kind of weird because of how long I've been doing it. It happens less frequently every year because everybody here has been referred by somebody and they're like, listen. It's not like those other shops, like just go talk to my guy, see what he has to say. And the two of you will come up with something cool. So then they're walking in here knowing that it's not just like, here, this is my idea, fucking do it. Right. So then but it happens less and less every year. So it used to be where and you don't want to feel like you're talking somebody getting some like upselling them fries and all that other stuff. Yeah. So then because then at the end they're like, this isn't what I wanted. And but they feel too self-conscious to say. No, I don't want that. They're like worried about your approval or whatever. So it, it, that's kind of the weird part about what you're talking about. It being permanent. It's like just because I believe in an idea, sometimes people are like, "I guess I'll trust him. He's a professional." And I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself, "Like fuck, fuck, fuck." Yeah, like, yeah. Hey, I'm a fucking it? idiot, dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah like I just think this. Just look because, cool. I... yeah. yeah. You're just a guinea pig. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, okay. And, and then that's the cool thing too is I get off on this like every day. People. Are, like their tattoos are come out better if I know I have their 100% trust. It's like rewarded. So then there's ones where it's like, all right, I know all the shading and the stuff I'm talking about isn't in the line drawing that I'm showing you for the for the stencil. But I'm going to kill this. And if they're like, all right, do your, do your thing. I totally trust you. It ends up coming out better than I had even anticipated. And I don't know why. I guess it's just because you don't feel like Inhibited or whatever, it's like I'm. I know this in my heart. I know it's gonna come out cool, but I don't know what the fuck it's gonna look like until I'm done. So,
0: it you know, it's done whenever you say it's done. Right. Well, a big part of what must help for you is the fact that obviously, not doing walk-ins that gives people time, right? So, like, do you feel like that's not just because it's a personal preference, but do you think that just gives people that buffer between? Hey, I want to get this done. Yeah. You looking at the idea kind of, and then like there's that little buffer where you get to kind of play with it. They get to rethink it, look at like kind of some proofs or whatever. Is that huge? you recommend that? hundred percent.
1: Yeah. And I, well, I think two things, delayed gratification is one of those things. It's like there's barely any place where you have to wait for anything now. And so then, I need the time just to kind of like i so i'll be like drawing in my head 10 times before i actually get to the drawing so like my ride to work is like thinking about how i want to approach what i know i have to draw for the day and it's I don't even know. where were we going?
0: Um, the fact that there's a buffer when you do oh, a yeah, yeah. non walk in kind of situation where it's appointment only, one oh, so well, that also like- gives them time to change, like to pull out or whatever. And but
1: even that, sometimes they get impatient waiting for their drawing, but it's because it's like I'm worried about each day the day before anymore. I used to stay way ahead, and now I can't do that. Um, oh. so the they're waiting the whole time, but then and I never come through with exactly what we talked about. I'm always like, oh there's a graphic reason or a design reason or whatever, why we can't do what we said. But then once they see that there's a reason for all the changes that I made, it's like, no, that makes perfect sense. And,
0: yeah, no, that, yeah. I mean, that's, that was my exact experience for sure. I came to you like, Hey, here's 10 things. How do we make this work? And having that ability to kind of hash it out way before I came in was way better than me trying to come in and just be like, do this, and yeah. we'll figure it out on the fly. Cause I mean, There's so many issues that you can run into during the course of it. Obviously, when you're tattooing, like, do you find even with that buffer, no tattoo goes perfectly as planned, right? Like there's a buff, there's a going to be a pivot or a change that you make or do most of them go pretty much as, as, you know, the proof?
1: I, I, yeah, no, I think most times I like my favorite word when we're done is when, i get done with i i every tattoo i look at all i see is the flaws or what i wish i did more of or i wish this line was thicker or there was more contrast or whatever but we're out of time or whatever and i like when people get up looking in the mirror and like it's perfect like, right. i'm like oh that's my favorite word you know yeah uh, so then in terms of the, nothing goes like not according to plan there's always areas where you wish you had more time or oh, I wish I'd have thought of this before I started or whatever. But in terms of execution, I usually feel pretty confident like when they're leaving that I did exactly what they wanted.
0: Right. Well, I was thinking more so like of the fact that like, oh, we ran out of real estate or... That happens. Because like, you know what I mean? like.
1: Or I'll draw something that where I think... I usually have people send me a picture of like where we left off. So then I know like how to make something bend with the body line so that to make sure it just looks appropriate to where it is but then even the best laid plans then they come in and it's like oh that's not shaped like florida that's shaped like oklahoma you know and then it's like how do i make this cool thing that i drew fit in the space that i had And then you got to tap i call playing jazz you're off script so then i get out the markers and make the adjustments and whatever to the stencil or you know
0: so that everything fits in the space gotcha so to go back you start at 19, doing the stuff in the city, you're bartending. Um, you said you then apprenticed. What was mm-hmm. that like? Where did you apprentice, and how did you transition? Did someone just, you go in and you go, hey, I already have a background in art and I want to do this or is there a little more formal process to it all? It's like formally informal. So it's like a handshake kind of thing.
1: I'd been tattooed by the guy that I went to and I think, In terms, I don't want it ever to come out negative, but in terms of art theory and training and all that stuff, I was light years ahead of him. But he could of the guy that you then wound up apprenticing. Yeah, but he was really good at executing tattoos, and it was kind of. It's like
0: so he was technical.
1: Like he was technically very proficient. Yes, he was, but he also felt threatened by me. So then he sandbagged me a lot where it was like he didn't get he wasn't teaching me trade secrets, like things that took him 10 years to learn. He'd let me take 10 years to learn them instead of just saving me some
0: time. OK, so for example, like what would a trade secret be? Just one, obviously, well, just so it I, I can get an be idea. wouldn't trade
1: secrets, but it's so stuff like, oh, you can't mix ink brands. Uh, you can only use this brand at one time. And like in a tattoo, you can't. That's bullshit. And so then I remember sitting next to him one time and it it was like things that I thought to be true because he had taught me them. And we're watching a seminar on online and the guy like 10 things in a row that I was taught. He was like, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. This is bullshit. And I didn't want to look at him and be like, you're you told me all of that stuff that he just said. And it was just one of those things where it's like. And that's the one thing about well, did the tattoo you, world. Oh, go ahead. Well, not just ego-wise. You have to be careful about stepping on tattoos. Well, sure, so, artists. Right. You know
0: what I mean? That's that's any artist world, music or fashion or tattoo, obviously um, not surprising to hear that. Right. But do you think that he was... I mean, you you say you think he was you, but or do you think he truly believed these things? You know what I mean? Like, was it like... Oh, I just really don't think that you can mix paints or whatever. Or was it just that, like, he was like kind of like trying to hold you back a little bit because he felt threatened?
1: No, you're right. I think he thought them to be true, but at the same time, maybe he was taught them. But there was no like rationalization for some of the things. They just they were bullshit, and there's no qualification. You like, it's not like you get a black belt and then you get to teach other people. So then, like, you could somebody in their 5th year of tattoo and could just take on an apprentice. So it, it's kind of like arbitrary. So you have no training, you're not qualified or certified or anything like that. You're just like a jackass that now someone is paying you to teach them the tattoo. Right.
0: Well, <clears throat> so this shop that you apprenticed at, was it just him? Just him. Yeah. Okay. So you were in a small you weren't in walking into like you know some big place with like multiple personalities and you're just kind of like so in that sense it must have been nice though because you're getting direct yeah training
1: i learned more from watching him do things his way i found not to do them okay and so then for my business model a lot of it's just based on not doing things the way they were at the last shop i
0: was at and not as an indictment of his style it just wasn't mine okay um so when you go to this apprentice thing right (sighs) what's the process i mean what was your process like it doesn't necessarily mean that it's always like this but are you spending how long until you start tattooing are you is it like six months i just watch or is it like six weeks that's what i did here
1: with casey was like quite a few months of just watching kind of soaking it in when i don't remember i so i bought my tattoo equipment february 2006 and uh the first person i tattooed was myself and I didn't. I like the next day after I got my stuff was ready to roll. Let's go. You just tattooed my thigh, and for, how'd that go? So f- uh, four and a half hours to outline
0: it. Okay, and, and four and a half hours. You didn't cover outline. it, so
1: yeah. Oh, and so w- when I started tattooing, I'm like, oh, I'll just. By the time I'm really good at this, I'll make sure it's perfect. And now it's like a time capsule. Like, I love it every imperfection because it reminds me of where I started, like, literally to the day I started tattooing.
0: But, like, so (laughs) so, so the next, but, like, how do you even know how to work the equipment? Well, because I had tattoos. I'd watched enough to. Yeah, but, like, there's like a finesse to it. It doesn't just, you know what I mean? That's why it came out bad. (laughs) Well, I mean, I wouldn't say it came out bad, but, like, I mean, when you're sitting there, you've got to be a little. How long do you, before you actually. No, I Put the need needle it. down. No, Are you no holding breaks. it? Head- no, no. But I'm saying like you holding it up there for, you know, it's like jumping off a cliff where you're standing there on top of the thing, going waiting. Or did you just no, literally just couldn't so excited, jab yourself like, fast go. enough? Couldn't jab myself fast enough. Like
1: let's go. I had t- I I had tattooed a couple of grapefruits. Uh, I did that like at home in my kitchen, like with the gloves on and the vaseline and the
0: and just tattooing a wait is that like an actual like practice thing that people do
1: yeah and it it does it's not like human skin or anything like that
0: i would say like what about that it receives it it receives the
1: ink nicely and so then you just become comfortable with the perfunctory motions of what you're doing like um the using the foot pedal and how deep you're putting the needle like you just get like it's I don't know I spent a couple hours doing it but all I basically did was draw stars and write my name it wasn't like uh, art or anything like but that. just to
0: get comfortable with the idea of like using your feet and yeah. hands at the yep. same time and everything like that yep. and and so then I
1: did that and then I tattooed but having watched him be done I had a pretty good understanding of what uh, you know what I was getting into and doing it
0: okay so so you're there at the shop and you're learning <clears throat> from him and watching mainly um, in that process what are you picking up mainly just like is it more of the customer relationship aspect that like you were saying, like, you know, this is the hustle aspect of it, or is it really just learning? Like, cause if you're not tattooing, like you said, like on a grapefruit and getting used to the feet and the hands and working in unison or whatever, what's that first six months or whatever it was, you know, is it really just kind of understanding the business side of it? No, it's, it's tricky because it's like,
1: you want so badly for somebody to come in and say, hey, I'd like to get a bad tattoo. Will you do it? And you're like, yes, I, I would gladly do a bad tattoo. For yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, you want
0: some uh, Japanese characters on the back of yeah. your ear? Sure, you yeah, got it.
1: Right, anywhere. And then all of a sudden, so then you're kind of restricted right as you start in terms of areas you're allowed to tattoo. Because there's on the body, like the cage is soft skin. And it hurts, and then the people jump around and whatever. So you don't want to be doing that. Like in your first year, you really don't even want a tattoo or a cage. You want to get confident from doing
0: ankles and stuff like that, shoulders or whatever. So, what are the best places to start if you're new? Oh, uh, calf. Like, calf skin is my favorite. It's <laughs> is like, it not just because of the skin? Is it also because there's like a more of like a fat buffer, so that way you can kind of like not? Yeah, because like it's a lot of people everything. always say like traditionally. Well, so anything the, that's like on a tight skin where there's bone is going to be more painful. So people might be a little more jumpy or whatever. Yeah.
1: Oh, I, nerve endings are really the issue. Okay. You know? Like so joints where there aren't protection from like fat layer or muscle or anything, they hurt, but it's more obnoxious. Nerve endings is like, so people get a tattoo on their shoulder. Women carry all their stress on their shoulders. And so if you took a picture doing a back rub where the thumbs would rub the back that's like nerve bundles right there. So when somebody gets a tattoo right there, it can be just as painful as a rib cage or whatever, depending on their stress level. Okay. Um, so like calves and ankles, it's, it does a couple of things in the early part of your career. It keeps people's face away from your tattoo. So they're not right on top of you. Like picture if you're tattooing somebody's wrist, their head is directly over it.
0: Oh, and so there's like a stress. Out, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Whereas if you
1: have their face. I hadn't three even thought of that. From, you, you feel more confident. Calf. Yeah. Can't see that. Right. And they can't look at it. And like, so then they you can don't feel pause the judgment. and look at it. But you don't feel that like, Hey, why is that line so crooked? Right. right that right. kind of stuff. And then you, cause you basically are faking it until you make it. And back to your original question, like it's some, the apprenticeship in the early part of your career you don't look back on it fondly. Like I can hear songs that he used to play all the time and I like curl up into the fetal position because it's like a reminder of that insecure, like broken down to zero self-esteem level. And I, there's every once in a while, if I'm having like, if I'm overtired or whatever, one of those songs come on, I'll be like rocking back and forth. Like, Oh, I'm so glad I'm not an apprentice
0: anymore. So is a large <clears throat> part of the apprentice process, really just kind of having that time to have enough people who come in who give you the opportunity? Yeah, like essentially, like you need enough over six months to a year enough people to come in and want calf tattoos, where you can then kind of get comfortable. Yep. Okay. Yeah, uh, and what's cool, like you have and not things. just calf, obviously, but like these kind of situations where you could build up. You know, well, and it goes by trends too. So, like when I was, there's two things that I. I I know where you're going to go with this. Let me guess. Nautical stars on feet. (laughs) Oh, okay. So I I was thinking like 2000 mid aughts. I was thinking a lot of tramp stamps, maybe. No, they are on the way out. They had just
1: received the name tramp stamp. Oh, okay. And so the only people getting tramp stamps early in my career were like 40 year old divorced women who always wanted one. And are now putting their shit back out there. Crossing on the out Derek on the yeah, yeah, no, not even. They're
0: just like <laughs> Tim, oh. Can you help put a line through that? Yeah. Well,
1: <laughs> they they always had the idea like, oh, that looks hot. I want to get that. And then it took till they were forty and divorced till they actually did it. But the trend had already gone away. Sure. Well, so,
0: they're behind their yeah, forties.
1: So. Yeah. Well, so, but and that's one of those ones like they all were. When so Jen has a tramp stamp, my wife and. Uh, there was no low rise jeans when she got it. So she had like not mom jeans, but it's way higher on her back than I would do it. Say nowadays where it's like a half inch above the butt crack. Hers is like six inches up her back. Oh yeah. I hadn't because thought of that.
0: Cause like, yeah, the, the that's right. So <clears throat> depending on the jean style, the time depends on the placement of the tramp stamp. Yep. And now I just don't do them.
1: Like, I think they look like back in the nineties. It was like, Oh, it's hot. But now you look at it and it's like, that was the nineties.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I there's certain tattoos areas obviously that I mean every part of the body at this point is fair game but um, yeah. that there are certain things that definitely feel more dated than others and the, the tramp stamp tattoo it's got to be a pretty rare occurrence these days yeah. um,
1: I can't, probably I, a good I, thing I can't even think of the last one I did
0: yeah no I mean that's probably a good thing
1: yeah but I, so I, tramp stamp ends up being like symmetrical shaped like the top of a thong like yeah that v, the know, whale tail that, yeah the whale tail exactly so the, i'll get asked to do lower back tattoos but they'll be like sweeping across not like uh, no
0: symmetry the, the, the tramp stamp Rorschach. is a very yeah. specific type of lower back tattoo yeah. there like you said with the stars on feet and everything it's not just the location it is the content yeah. i think that and the person who maybe is getting it You know, so okay.
1: that's going on still, though, because Pinterest is the bane of my existence. It's like I'm a professional creative person and these people just give it away on Pinterest. And so then instead of having an idea, they just bring in their image from Pinterest of what they want. And they're redundant. Like I do more infinity knots and Roman numerals and birth flower. Like I I don't even know what a birth flower is. I think FTD was like, we got to get in on that birthstone thing. And just made it up, right? Because but then people come in here and it's like I want lilies of the valley, and you're like, okay, like that's cool, but uh, there's better looking flowers that we could do or whatever. But they want it to look like what they saw on Pinterest. So
0: well, okay. So <clears> before we go back to the um, to your earlier Apprentice days, I th- this brings up an interesting question. Um, you know, we, the Triumph stamp was a very much a moment you know that had a thing nowadays because of social media and because of like our attention spans getting smaller and smaller do you find a lot of people coming in with like you know these things they see that are viral and they're just like that's almost the new like i got drunk at the shore and i was on the boardwalk and i walked in and picked something off the wall where it's like i saw something this afternoon on Instagram, and now I want to get a tattoo immediately because I think it looks cool in this moment, but I may super yeah. regret this. No,
1: Yeah, they're on Pinterest trying to find out how to make a Caesar salad in a mason jar, and they stumble across some redundant thing, basic bitch yeah. tattoo, and they, they're, I mean, I have Chinese characters on my arm from the 90s, I don't regret it. No, you know, it it kind of blends into everything else. But that was like a silly boardwalk trend. And I don't think it was when I got it, but I definitely was part of that. You know, you could tell, hey, you got that in 1997. Uh, Oh, sure. It's just the
0: way it is. But like, I I hadn't really thought of this, but yeah, like, you know, much like with like food trends or whatever, these TikTok things that happen is in the tattooing things, you people just constantly bring in like, you know, I got the
1: same image like twice a week of people want something and yeah i just it it's kind of cool because then i just like all right i know what i'm going to do here like and then trying to make them all look different so that they have a little bit of integrity and then they're not on the boardwalk and see their exact tattoo already done and then so then that's the other thing that i end up doing a lot here it's like if 10 people went into 10 tattoo artists i want the nine of them to look at the one i did and say shit i wish i went to your guy gotcha and so then just from an originality standpoint even if it's the same idea i just want it to be the same idea reimagined or you know re deciphered or whatever
0: yeah i I mean everyone's influenced by something you know i mean like the i come in and uh, this is a true unless you drew it yourself like the reality is like everything has an influence behind Mm it um although it, it is hard for me to to imagine some like for me personally you know, seeing something online and then just being like, I want this exact thing. Yeah. That's such a, that's such an, an odd, I'd always, I appreciate that you try to make it unique for them and for you. So you're not bored, but also so yeah. that they don't regret going like, gee, I literally got the tattoo that millions of other people have. Yeah, Cause, uh, yeah, I, I think anyone would regret it, even if they like the look of it. Like they do at the end of the day, like tattooing is a, I think people do it because they do like the uniqueness of it all and so like yeah just having something that someone else has there's like a little something lost to that what
1: to the same degree that like there's i don't want to say like leaders or followers but there's like people who are comfortable just having an idea and having that become a tattoo and then there's people who just need to visually see something and then get it like they don't have you know there's just like people who have to see something to understand it they can't listen to you describe it right it's kind of like that where they they don't feel comfortable or i mean they're not comfortable they're just not creative so their idea is basic and they're like they can't see any reason not to get it unoriginally, like it just get the exact image that they saw but then that's and i think that's what leads to a lot of people coming back here because they end up with a tattoo they're way happier with even if it is just something simple even if it is just roman numerals it's like yeah but let's do them so they look like they were carved into your skin like uh you know like a roman coliseum or whatever rather than just roman right you know times new roman yeah you know? and so it's like sometimes it's just a matter of putting a little bit more effort into it but it, it ends up oh yeah they, they they weren't willing to take a chance they were going to play it safe kind of like ordering off a menu with anything like you're if you can't necessarily understand what the description of it is you're not going to get it but if there's a picture next to it and you can point to the picture that's those people
0: got it um okay so back to the apprenticeship you're there you certain you're doing your calves you're doing your 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 starter tattoos if you will how long of a process is that before you start to feel comfortable and where you start to think to yourself okay i think i'm about ready i'm ready to take this on on my own is it a long process you know year or so, two years I've, it's like wisdom so like you think you know it all
1: and then you look back at a year later at yourself and at your two like say you've been tattooing for two years and you think you're hot shit after two years and then you tattoo for another year and you look at the tattoos you were doing at two years into your career now three years into your career and you're they're terrible and then i don't know what happens i think moving on from to go out and open your own shop it's like i mean there's a, there's financial factors because working for somebody else you're giving them at least half
0: of well the i was money. just about to ask so in the apprenticeship i assume that you're giving him a, a pretty well, so decent no, chunk right
1: yeah. so no you it's basically you work out a rate like what you're going to pay for the apprenticeship because we, we're not going to train our competition for free and i think some people think Oh, you know, you just get an apprenticeship. You just walk in, and if they like you and you can draw well, they'll teach you. And it's like, fuck that! You don't go to Harvard for free, and you don't go to welding <laughs> school for free. No,
0: why would you get the tattoo for free? So then, well, these are also potential long term customers that you're "quote unquote" stealing potentially. Yeah, yeah, no, so. yeah,
1: yeah. And there, like that was one thing. The evolution of my career worked out where none of my apprenticeship tattoos, like there was some on MySpace and there was some out there on Google, but. I've been very protective of my apprentice not letting her share her stuff online because I don't want a tattoo she did in year one staying with her on the internet until she's 10 years into her career. It's just one of those like be kind of protective of, and I didn't have to worry about it because there wasn't as many. And now my space is just junk pilots on a scrap heap somewhere. So then all that stuff is gone. Um, But the way the social media stuff works is like, I even now there'll be a tattoo. It's it's a good tattoo, but it's a terrible picture, and that people tag me in it on Facebook, and I'm like, I want to be polite and leave the tag on there, but at the same time, I'm like, you can see the fucking garbage in the back of the tattoo, like in the back of the photo. Like they don't think of that stuff. They're happy with their new tattoo, and I want to have like full edit control and like well, let me
0: post the picture I deem yeah. acceptable of it. But that happens with a lot of uh, chefs and people in food industry where they're. You you want you you have to embrace social media because it's such a big part of it now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they get very frustrated when people post shitty photos of their food and they're like, the person's enjoying this and that's why they're posting it. Right. But it just maybe doesn't look as appetizing or the way they want it, plated, like they maybe move something and they're like, that's not don't funny. don't. Yeah. That while you're excited about this, I hate this. Yes. <laughs> but it, ultimately it's flattering and uh, I'm right sorry, I'm, no it, it's the person doing it because obviously they're enjoying i mean i'm sure there's the rare occasion where a person posts this and hey this was terrible but more often than not it's Nothing. hey this was fantastic and check this out but like yeah the photo is not a great photo terrible lighting whatever it is it doesn't right. make it look super appealing and all of a sudden yeah. you're well, skirting the line of thanks, but
1: yeah. No. No, and then I usually wait a year and then remove the tag. Like the next time it shows up in my <laughs> memories, I take the tag off just because I, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Cause I am proud of the tattoo. They just took a shitty picture. Right.
0: Okay. So you, but back to the apprentice, you're, you're, you're given a cut obviously. Oh yeah. And then, um, which, you know, that makes complete sense. Obviously, you know, they are giving you this opportunity. They, they should, you yeah. know, um, You're learning the business here, I assume too, aside from just getting the experience Mm -hmm. in the chair and everything like that. Um, So when do you decide, okay, I'm going to go out, I'm going to find a space and do it on my own? Is it because you feel like you just felt comfortable enough doing the tattoo work or was it that, did it take a little longer than that where you didn't feel necessarily, did you feel like, oh, not only do I feel comfortable with tattooing, but I feel comfortable understanding how business works and that I can financially make this work or was it a desperation thing because you said you had kids and stuff like that where you're like, look, I just can't give a cut away. I got to just start. I got to just try this on my own. So
1: I, I was making like, I wasn't, it wasn't like a wage you wanted to brag about, but after like the fourth year tattooing, it was like, that's a grown up wage. That'd be twice as much if I were, if I worked for myself. So you were an apprentice for four years. Well, no, I was an apprentice for two years but that's how the industry works is you're you're a subcontractor and you receive a commission on so if I do a two hundred dollar
0: tattoo, I'd take home hundred bucks. Right. Oh, okay. So you once you got out of the apprenticeship, you <clears> still stayed charging. at his, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. his shop. Yeah. And you were just basically almost like the way like a hairdresser yeah. rents no, exactly a chair. Yeah. Okay. You can't
1: it's illegal to do that. You can't rent a chair tattoo-wise in New Jersey. Wait, so it's just commission. So Like It's not like you're paying rent on your chair, where at the end of the month, a 1000 bucks, you have to hand them or whatever. This is 50% of every tattoo.
0: Okay, so it has to be on a per-tattoo basis. Yeah.
1: yeah. Interesting. I
0: I don't remember what the rationale was, why New Jersey.
1: Because we're highly regulated. A lot of other states, it's not as regulated. Uh, I don't know the reason why. But so, back to your question. Um, There's a couple things that happened. I ended up, I had a kidney stone. Um, Same. No, that game terrible. Awful. So well, I've probably had them ten times. This was probably uh, time number time, time number six, <laughs> and it, actually I think I had one in both sides was the issue. So then I ended up admitted into the hospital because they were worried about renal renal colic and and failure. So while I was in the hospital, I was like climbing the walls, just like I wanted to not be there. Wanted to be at work and whatever. Um, I had my wife drop off a notepad, and I wrote a business plan. And so then I don't think that that wasn't based on what I learned. It was like, all right, let's see if this is doable before I even think about it. And so then I wrote down what, so I figured out based on how much it should cost to do a tattoo, paper towels, ink cups, ink, Vaseline, tongue depressor, razor, needles, tubes, all of it. Okay. I worked it out. And at the time, I don't know, it was like three, four bucks or something like that per tattoo. But then you have rent. Insurance, insurance and all the other overhead but i just figured out like all right permitting how much would i need to make a month how much would i need to make a week uh, like and then gave myself like how much would, how much do i want to make how much do i think if i'm making this much can i drive a cadillac like I, that's how in depth i went into the um business plan and then it was like once i did it on paper it was like no brainer let's go and so then i we thought we when i was at the other shop we thought. <clears throat> that the, the building was selling and we thought there was a chance he might have to move out. And we were always keeping our eye out for properties and whatever. And it's funny. I suggested the place that we're in right now to my boss. And he was like, that place is a dump. Never, no way. So then when I made up my mind to leave, it's like, you have to be, it's, it's not shady, but it's like, I'm not going to tell him before I find a place.
0: And before I make the move, I need to start making moves. And so then, right. You don't look for your next job. After you leave your job, right. you look for it. You don't tell right. anyone, right. clearly. So I wasn't like it.
1: I wasn't up to no good, but I was definitely like looking at spaces. I went met with a realtor, a couple different places, whatever. And then there was a promising location in Byron in a strip mall. And uh, I set up a meeting with the guy, and then he had cold f- it's ironic. So he didn't feel comfortable with a tattoo artist, and the other tenants in the strip mall didn't feel comfortable with tattoos being done. And then he, he divided the space in the bottom half was gold and silver for sale and the upstairs was a massage parlor. And it was like somehow... Yeah, tattooing is a problem. I see. Yeah, tattooing, like professional artists is a problem, but rub and tugs are fine and pawn shops for crackheads is fine, you yeah. know? Um, so anyway, that fell through. I ended up in a shouting match with the guy because he, was- he let me drive all the way down there at like 6.30 in the morning to tell me that he wasn't going to let me. I'm like, he should have just fucking called. He's like, I don't want to waste your time. I'm like, Apparently, you don't know how that works. You know, we end up chatting at <laughs> Apparently each other. Your definition of wasting time is very different than yeah. that. So then I'm driving back home like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And I look up and this place was for rent again with a like hardware store for sale or for rent thumbtack sign. And I came in. There's a guy smoking a cigarette, spackling. He told me what the rent was going to be. And I was like, all right, where's, where's the office? Let's go. So then I brought Jen. And it was all wood paneling and carpet and the DOT had been in here before I was, so there was just like internet wires and stuff like that. But we just so was,
0: you basically handshake and you're ready to go. Yeah. And it was it was a no brainer
1: because it was like a good good price. And uh the location to like the the old location, location, location. Yeah. I pay Andover Borough rent just down the road from Byron. So it takes one minute longer to get here, but it's probably four thousand
0: dollars a month less than if I was in Byron Township. Yeah, and while you don't do walk-ins <clears throat> or anything, that, you are on a, yeah. a main road, so you have great visibility. Yeah, exactly. So people and, and, may not, you know, like you're not trying to encourage, you know, the walk-in, walk-in. kind of thing. I mean, but I, at the same I, there's time, a, a like, sign now for walk-ins too. Oh, right, cases. but at the same yeah. time, people might drive by and be like, hey, what's that shop? I'll look it up. Yep. I'm looking at a tattoo, blah, blah, blah. Yep, nah. and that's a lot, That's
1: exactly how it works. So they'll come in, oh, I just drive by every day. I wanted to see what you were about. And then... All it took across the street, there's a motorcycle store across Which the
0: street. Which probably has been very good for your business, yeah, is being good. that there is a very big crossover between tattooing and that type of culture.
1: Yeah. And it, well, it's yeah, it's weird. People are so loyal to their guys. It's like, I don't get like, well, I'll put it down this way. The manager across the street, it was like Domino's. He came over and we hit it off conversationally. And then he was like, yeah, all right, I'll give a tattoo for him. Once I tattooed him, it, then all the employees got in line and then they started coming in for tattoos.
0: And then when they're sitting at their desk with their tattoos and waiting for the... Where'd you get that? Where'd you right get it.
1: that? Oh, right across the street. Tell her well, I was going to
0: say, so when you start this business, obviously the, the fear's got to be, are enough people going to walk in the door? But, and obviously when you first start, that's any business, you know, but being this business in particular is so... Um, word of mouth. is. Do you find that 90% of your customers or whatever percentage is because of you know referral and yeah. everything like that? 100%. Is,
1: yeah, 90% is probably referral. Well, so then we started towards before the timing of social media in my career. I was able to retain all my customers because of Facebook. Not all of them, but anybody I was friends with on Facebook. It wasn't like they showed up at the tattoo shop looking for me. Oh, he left.
0: And then the trail ran dead. They just followed me right over from facebook i mean i think that's super common because (laughs) with rare exception most people i know who have tattoos you know are happy with them sing the praises and then we're like when somebody's like oh i think i'm gonna get a tattoo it's always like a competition between everyone to be like no you go see my guy yeah you know they they they, you almost become uh brand loyal the way like people are with you know other things and They want to believe their
1: guy's the best. That's what I mean.
0: And so it's good for you, Mm -hmm. obviously, because like it's not super common that you find something like that where people then almost become fiercely loyal to the to their artists the way, you know. Very few brands have that, like, you know, not too many people are going to go, you got to have Coke over Pepsi. And be like, I don't care. Just have whatever you want. Right. Whereas, like, in this. It no, you right. they They're a,
1: stepping over other people's yeah, guys. Yeah,
0: it, it is. It's almost like a one-upsmanship thing where it's like, it, then if that friend goes to your guy, you're like, yeah, yeah. that's right. Because my guy is the best. And exactly. Tell I sent you. There is this, like,
1: there's. The referrals are amazing. And like I can't believe I'm some like I can track hundreds of thousands of dollars in income back to like two people because it it was like fruit of the tree or whatever, where I tattooed one person as an apprentice, but then I got into their friend group. And then their friend group led to all of those other friend groups and so on. And there's like two people who have been with me that where I can so much work from like one high point kid, one new kid. And it just like it's like mining and you tap into one
0: like gold rich ore deposit and these two people are like you're kevin bacon you're six degrees of kevin bacon yeah honestly
1: yep and i'm still friends with both of them like and i you know i that's the other thing too like i don't really say oh my customer unless i'm like just trying to get to the important part of the story I, most times like my buddy my friend this kid i tattoo whatever um because there is like it's kind of intimate isn't the right word but it's like
0: well, there is an intimacy. I mean, yeah. you're sitting with someone for hours. I mean, you're going to talk to them. You're going yeah. to learn a lot. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to have to talk. And you're going to learn about their life or whatever. So you, yeah. there is an intimacy for yeah.
1: sure. And well, and plus, like, I mean, I'm like a furnace. I just radiate heat. And so like sitting that close to somebody, there is like
0: chemistry even where you're, of course. But, you know. It- well, then also <clears> the, the person walks out and they have a piece of you essentially on them forever. That's a weird legacy when you put it that way, but it's true, yeah, I mean, there's no way around it, so you are inextricably linked in a weird for way better or for worse, yeah,
1: that every once in a while, I'll see one of my tattoos, like I haven't seen somebody in ten years, and they're over me like well- well, moved on, whatever they're in a different state, even, and one of my tattoos will get covered up and it's like, I it wasn't that bad, you yeah. know, but they want to,
0: well, I mean, does it, you, you, that's an interesting way of looking at it though. You're automatically assuming that they were looking at it as a negative tattoo, but it could just be that their chase change or some yeah. people just literally uh, or the indiscretion of when they got it. Yes. Or, yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Now. So obviously you start the business, everything is going well. You have people word of mouth at this point. Um, you know, obviously it's 10 plus years, 15 years, um, 12 years here, 12 years here, May 1st. Okay. So you've got it built up now. Do you still, because you have such a longevity doing this and you built up such a client base, do you even need, feel the need to like go out there and kind of seek new customers or like use social media in that way? Or do you kind of just let it organically happen? Um, I, everything I try to let be organic.
1: I don't have to chase it anymore.
0: And that, it's like, there's got to be a comfort in that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, my like my dad, it was another one of his like pearls of wisdom was like, you have to be able to recognize the people that won't like you make money off of them. Like, they're just going to micromanage you. They're going to waste a lot of your time, whatever. And that's one of those things. Like, I think it's nine out of 10 businesses go out of business, and you got to be the one that doesn't. And those are the things you got to get your price, and you got to, you know, pick the customers that'll let you make money. Um, what was the original question?
0: Well, at this point, like the, does the business just kind of grow yeah. organically, or do you have to kind of no. still go out there and hustle? I still hustle, but I don't have to like hand out business cards. I
1: don't have to put up flyers. I don't. I haven't paid for an ad on Facebook, but now that I have an apprentice it's kind of like i need to get her busier but i'm i'm already at max capacity in terms of what i'm doing so i it's like i can't also make myself busier while trying to get her busier because i can barely keep up with the workload that i have because of referrals 100 because of referrals so then it's trying to find a sweet spot between getting more people to come in here but that only want tattoos from her so that and it's not that I don't want to do them but I want to get her to a point where she's making a decent wage and you know build her confidence in her portfolio and, and everything else and that that's that's a weird thing too with an apprentice where I think um I read a quote and I think it was Pablo Picasso but it's like the, the master and the protege relationship if the protege doesn't ex- exceed the if the protege doesn't exceed the master's ability level than the masters of failure and like you're you're you should want them to be better than you that's supposed to be the entire right. point of it and you have to like set your ego aside and put it all into them and teach them that i don't think that's going on outside of this shop and then too many other tattoo shops they're just like turning them out like
0: tricks okay like a you know to make the money well and here's the thing i had <clears throat> never really thought about before so when you're growing a tattoo business it's different than other businesses because obviously it's an it's an individual thing for the most part um is the most common way to grow a tattoo business to just charge more per tattoo or is it to actually take on more apprentices or how does what's the what's the more like organic normal way to grow a tattoo business cuz like obviously the, you could be like oh no i just i still just have my one shop and i just charge way more right or do All you actually answer. do like, oh, no, I just have a bigger space. I got more room. I take on apprentices. I take my cut. And that's the method. Or is it kind of like some people do one, some people do the other? Some people. is. I just, think a lot of.
1: So some tattoo shops aren't even tattooed or artist owned. They're like a business person owns it.
0: They're like a, a
1: landlord. Yeah. And so then they collect. So then they have five artists working for them and they collect half of everything from five artists and don't actually contribute. They're like fucking parasites. Oh, God, I hate them.
0: Uh, I would imagine those are more of like your big shops in more like walkable kind of places yeah. where you're going to get a lot of like it's just churning and burning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's like getting the super cuts or whatever. You, right. You know,
1: the, um, <laughs> in terms of making money, there's a million ways that you said you named them. But at the same time, I don't like I. So I went making the jump to having an apprentice. I had a zero drama work environment and I was making good money. So it was like, why fuck with that? Don't overexpand um, like initially. Like, so then, but then it gets to a point where you're like, oh man, I need somebody else to make me money. I can't
0: operate at the level I'm forever. I'm going to crash and burn. Okay. So. Is that why you took the apprentice on? Because you just had so much overflow that you felt? No, I did you feel like share. you wanted to actually like take on someone because you felt There's was time? Oh, if like still- I, I feel like I want to pass this on what I've kind of done to someone else. Yeah, I, and I truly like not.
1: <clears throat> I thought it. I don't want it to sound like it's just to make money. I didn't need the money, but I wanted it to be organic. So. It was like i let the universe provide the person i was gonna say where'd you find the person so i wasn't gonna put a sign out and have every dirtbag whose friends tell them that they're good at tattooing stop in to apply so uh the woodshop teacher at, at the high school was like i was tattooing him and he's like hey there's a girl she's really talented you should talk to her she could you know i think she might be a good fit i think she's interested in getting into tattooing so then uh, I got, I said, "Oh, good. Give her my number." Gave her my number. She called, and it took two years from the first conversation till she could get in here to start. And there was a couple of hiccups. Like we were kind of looking towards getting started, and then she had to catch up on some things. And it, but it's like the t- instead of looking for somebody else, instead of her, I just like well, if it's gonna work out, it's gonna work out. I just kept my head down, and kept working, and then eventually she's like, "All right, I think I'm ready." We I set a date so that it wasn't like maybe or any it was like all right if you're not ready on this date then we're not going to do it and that was last year december 1st so very cool yeah it was super, and so then there's a couple like it's just like uh venn diagrams we have a few overlaps so she's a still with her kid just like i was uh she's she's a softball player and so then my daughter's real big in the softball so yeah. and then so we have enough in common where we like talking about some of the same things but then maybe in 46 I'm like an anvil and like, and then talking to somebody who's 22 and whatever. It's like, there's times where I'm like, the fuck is she talking about? Right. Like, I don't even know. What, and then my kids are bad enough, but then I'm like, now it's like having a kid here. Uh huh. Like, and I joke about, like, what the hell do you talk to 20 year olds about? But we find a way to, or you know, or she can tell she picks up on my rhinoceros language. She's like,
0: but is there away. part of that that you enjoy though? Does it being like almost like a fatherly figure in it? Sure. Yeah. I mean, her dad's a great guy um so and i'm nothing like him but in terms of like
1: i kind of like the mentor part like the mr miyagi part
0: so and that's kind of what i was curious about does that almost like kind of keep it fresh for you too because it gives you now that you've been doing it for such a long time do you feel like this adds like a new not just a skill but it kind of keeps it more interesting because like it's new
1: growth it brightens yeah it it allows
0: you to like kind of like like learn something new after a while like yep. you, oh I, i've been doing just straight tattoos now i get to kind of pass it on to someone else i get to learn new skills how to teach someone how to all of that
1: and on top of that even too gave me the excuse to like all right get another tattoo room because there wasn't enough space this was just storage the room that we're in now and it was and then it just it was like little things even like so i'm right-handed and now my counter is on my right. I've been reaching across my body because that's where the sink was for t- 11 years. Yeah. And now moving over here, she's left-handed and the counter's on her left. Like just little stuff like that kind of worked
0: out. As a lefty, I feel for <laughs> the world is not set up for us. Yeah. So do you find yourself learning from her at all? Obviously, because like you were saying, like she, she might be tough to relate to at times just because of the age gap. But do you also see the... Hey, it's cool because it keeps me fresh yeah. because she's bringing in new ideas or she's bringing in new trends that I may not have been aware of.
1: She's already there's certain skills that she's not mastered, but like certain types of shading. I don't know how to do it. I don't watch YouTube videos. I'm like, I, I might be doing It's like I can play guitar, but I can't read music kind of thing. Yeah. And I like salt and pepper shading. It's one of those things
0: where it's like, I, I'm aware of it. I like the way it looks. Um. And I thought you were going salt and pepper because I just know you love '90s hip hop. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, was no. like, "Where is this going?" <laughs> no, it's, it's,
1: but it's a style of tattoo, and so she did a tattoo last night, and she's like, "She's like, oh, I salt and pepper shaded." I'm like, "I should probably learn how to do that," you know. So then there is like, and because she's young and she's hungry, she's—I think she learns differently than me. Whereas I'm like, I want to be like in the trenches, getting shot at. And like, let's go, like, go, go, go. And she, she'll she watch a YouTube tutorial about how to do something and I can't be bothered like, that, the fuck, that's, you know, fuck uh. the guy, you know, like, and whereas she's learning different techniques on there. And then see, here's something else that I, like, I was real careful about with the selection of who was going to come in was I wanted somebody who was going to compliment me, not somebody who was going to be- fight with me for work. And so then we kept her, we're keeping her style to where, oh, that's the style you'd like? Oh, you should see Casey. So, like, more of a, like, neo-traditional kind of thing where it's, it's, like, an evolution of the old style of tattooing, whatever. She gets it. And so then it's like, all right, we'll push everything that comes in where they want that style. We'll push that over to her. And then there's no, like... Because I still can cherry pick anything I want. I own the shop, but I paid the cost to be the boss. So, I, like, but I don't want that animosity because she needs money. Sure. And so then, if I just step on her toes every time, I feel like it. It's bullshit. But then at the same time, twelve or eleven years of getting all the business to myself, it is an adjustment trying to keep her busy and lose customers because I've spent eleven years trying to make as many customers as I can. So it's it's kind of been a little bit of like push and pull going on, but. Or, you know, she gets it, and I think having the the female. There was the other day, one of my existing customers. She wanted a tattoo in a spot that she wasn't necessarily comfortable with me doing it, and Casey having a
0: girl to do it, oh, yeah. it made you her much more comfortable. Aspect, and I was like. It?
1: Oh, yeah, like a, no ego there. Like, yeah, you should never
0: do it. Yeah, you know? I mean, because I don't want it's you to important like, for the person to be comfortable.
1: Right. Because and, and, otherwise the tattoo doesn't go well because they're tense yeah. the entire time. So.
0: Or they leave a bad review because they, they're just unhappy because they were uncomfortable. They didn't think of it at the time. Right. And it's not your fault, but yeah. they just, you know, so it yeah. works out for everyone.
1: No, and it's like anything like you want. I try to make sure I like it when people bring an entourage. A lot of artists don't. And the shop rules are like no
0: friends with you or
1: whatever. But I'm like, well, those are all potential customers. And then just to be picture me. A lot of shops do
0: that? Oh, yeah. Like, no, they don't want anybody in. I mean, I get like that you don't want like a a full on entourage of like, you know, it gets crowded. It's nobody needs extra ideas necessarily being thrown in at the last minute. I'm sure that happens. Um, But, yeah, like to your point, though, those are potentially. That's the hustle. Yeah. You know,
1: and my old boss was one of those people. He was like no, nobody can come in. And I was always like, yeah, you can come in. And then I'd sell the person. Like, I'd spend the entire tattoo I'm doing selling the other well, person. Well, you already sold
0: tattoo. the tattoo that you're doing. Exactly, so.
1: exactly. And you know, what's cool too is like if you're, everybody's different, but like um, sometimes people, if they're in a large degree of pain, it's cool to be able to passively be involved with the conversation. So then like w- when I'm tattooing Lynn, you and I are bullshitting. Yes. And then she can, add her two cents whenever she wants or concentrate on the fact that you know right. she's getting through the tattoo and it just makes all of it go when people show up with headphones like oh, I'm just gonna listen to whatever I'm, though people watch stuff on their phone I can't stand it for real I, I love talking mostly, I was gonna yeah. say
0: I can't fathom just sitting there like not talking the whole time that's <laughs> yeah. like honestly but that's one of the has most- been tattooed here but yeah, yeah. true but like <clears throat> I mean yeah and like we have a good rapport so like obviously right. like If I didn't like the person that was tattooing me, I might find it annoying. But I don't know. The idea of, like, not being engaged, like, directly and being completely removed from the situation seems just super strange to me. I take it personally when those headphones go in. I I would. Yeah. I also just think, like, you. it's almost like when you see, uh, you know... Someone like uh, riding a bike, or when they have like the headphones in, or whatever, and you're like, "How do you not hear the road around you, or whatever, or yeah. something like that?" And you're like, "Shutting off one of your senses." Yeah, it, it just seems like very unnatural. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, so don't want to take up too much of your time, so I'm going to ask you a couple rapid fire questions here. Okay. All right. Best advice for someone who's never had a tattoo before, but is but is considering one. <sighs>
1: Right. For, well, if they were to come here, it's like just go talk to them, and you don't have to get the tattoo. That, that's probably the simplest answer. Like, uh-huh. like I, you should feel comfortable with how the like you know scope out the shop. Look around. Is there? I mean, my shop gets a little dusty at times, but because I'm making signs with sawdust and whatever. But yeah. the, uh, if look around, does it look clean? You know, and then just talk to them. It sound like they know what they're talking about, or you feel like you're being bullshitted. And then when you sit down at the drawing table and he starts kind of sketching or whatever, I I, I can see people light up and I just reel them in like fish. Yeah, that's it's I don't know, it's and that's the fun part of my job. There's days where I'm burnt on tattooing or I've done nine hours of tattooing the day before, had to go home and draw and whatever. And like, I don't tell I don't have people on call. Where, so if I'm done with a tattoo And, all right, I get canceled. I don't call people like, hey, you want to fill the spot? I'm just thankful that I can just draw at the table.
0: Right. What's the... uh, To expand upon that a bit, what's your least favorite part of doing this? Hmm. Because, obviously, like the best part is when someone walks away, like you said earlier, and they go this is perfect even if you may not you may look at it and find a flaw here or there that's a personal thing but as long as the customer thinks it's perfect that's got to be the most rewarding part yeah i would imagine yeah what's the part of this job that you're just like uh if we could just do away with that i wouldn't miss it at all
1: i don't know i have to ask jen or casey what i (laughs) bitch about the most
0: i like coming to work genuinely every day so then, maybe there's nothing. That's that's a completely there's valid answer. There's stuff I bitch about,
1: like it's the Pinterest stuff where it's just like don't
0: The don't uninspired wanna... tattoos.
1: Yeah, yeah, uninspired tattoos. Fucking dandelions, birds of a feather, like the things that there's jokes about them
0: on the internet. Wings. Like,
1: yeah. Well, I, I like doing wings, but I'm more like, what kind of hawk do you want? Or you know, yeah. like, so then I approach it from
0: that direction. But when People... it's like in a, a purely generic, like, okay, yeah, got it, done and seen it. Yeah. Oh. Casey had to do a tattoo yesterday. And if they're listening, I'm sorry, ladies. They
1: wanted whatever their tattoo was written in the Walt Disney font. Ooh, Disney people me, are yeah, very hard to do. Exactly.
0: Like Disney people check one. I had an employee one time who was a Disney person, went every weekend, lived mm-hmm. in oh, she was in LA and she went, she had a, a pass. I didn't realize you could have like a, a like a yeah a full-on, like you can go whenever you want thing. Yeah. And she would go every weekend. And I was like, ugh. Oh, what do you like you go a lot and she's like no no i go every weekend i was like yeah and then that's where i learned by then researching online that disney people that that's a very common thing and when you're in that world like that is your world horrible
1: i haven't taken my kids to disney and i won't i want to go to alaska you know i'd rather do something that unforgettable yeah that disney to me it's just it's like everything about it the movies even now after lion king are just commercials to sell you shit at the Disney store. Like there's there's no longer any They have you know.
0: definitely figured out the merch game. Yeah.
1: And I don't want to pay 12 bucks for a bottle of water or be bumped into by fat fucking Disney people. Like <laughs> oh, sounds awful.
0: I just the the one thing about the Disney thing that weirds me out is I I do think that the adults who are really into it it's like that's the classic tell me you have Arrested Development without telling me you have Arrested Development. Yeah. You
1: know? Yeah. <laughs> like, and then I don't understand why adults go without kids.
0: Like, it just seems... The Arrested Development thing. Yeah. Like, they, they live in the fantasy. They don't want the, the reality. But <sighs> anywho. Yeah. Um, so to someone who would be looking to get into tattooing, what would you tell them is the best thing that you maybe... To say, hey, apprentice somewhere, or what to look for in a a shop that they might want to apprentice with. So, that's something you almost want to. It's like your secret
1: shopping. So, like while you're getting tattooed, like get a few tattoos in a shop, because if you have one, nobody's gonna be like, oh yeah, let me teach you how to tattoo. You gotta kind of be into the lifestyle, and so then it's like start bringing your artwork to your appointments, and then so you want to slow play it, and then you kind of almost develop a rapport and make sure that you would feel comfortable. If you see him blowing up and yelling at his employees or, you know, they're worried about making money. They got like nosebleeds because there's so much pressure on them. That's yeah. not a shop you want to work in. Okay. Um, and then, you know, it, it's, I think the complimentary part is like, if you see yourself where it's like, don't go to a college to be a catcher. If they already have three catchers in front of you, yeah. it's that kind of thing, you want to make sure that it would be opportunity and you're not going to be like fighting for crumbs with three other people. Right. Know? There's that kind of stuff. But everybody who's good at art at 18 years old, their friends all tell them they should be a tattoo artist. And it, the art part has nothing to do with it. It has getting through the apprenticeship takes guts. And like, I think I don't know what the success rate is, but I feel like that more than half the people that do a tattoo apprenticeship don't finish it because they can't make enough money.
0: Interesting. Yeah.
1: And then huh. they just get burned out, and you still paid, but you don't finish up. Wow! And then they end up scratching people in kitchens with their tattoo machines and whatever, but they don't ever reach the professional.
0: I wouldn't guess it would be so high. That's interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you have a favorite tattoo that you've done? No, I. I you know what?
1: <clears throat> this is so weird. I like. There's tattoos where I look at, I'm like, "Fuck, I did that." I'm so that's awesome. But then when they leave the shop, I'm not like. Oh, that's
0: on Onto the next one. You're you're already just kind of always chasing the dragon. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. 100%. Okay. Yep. Um, Is there a trend in tattooing that you currently like, dislike, or anything like that? You know, obviously we were talking jokingly about the the dated things from the past, but is there stuff right now that's like you look at, obviously the Pinterest you're not the biggest fan of, um, but is there like something in tattooing that you think is really interesting that's going on right now that's new or different? Or is it always kind of like evolving to the point where like there's not necessarily a specific trend right now that's like That's where we're
1: at now. So then there's these stupid simple tattoos that we've talked about. But when you look on Instagram and you see what's possible and you're like, that can't even be real. It's so good. Like it's got to be Photoshopped or how do they, how is the color so saturated? Whatever. I think the way the science of tattooing has evolved, all the materials are better um, and more consistent. So then there's less variation and whatever but the as far as a trend or anything i just i'm inspired by how prolific other guys are and how much they're getting done and so then when i watch it's like how could they do this many tattoos of this size at this skill level and there's days where i want to throw my tattoos up in the garbage because i don't think i'll ever be that good and then that's usually just low blood sugar or something but it's like you kind of are like i don't suck at this but wow I'm just inspired by how good other people are at it. And most of them have like a, you know, a degree in oil
0: painting or they're virtuoso like prodigy just born. with. Is there a specific tattoo artist or just artists in general that inspires you particularly that you find like, Oh, this is, this would be like, you know, you mentioned Picasso, the quote, or, you know, you mentioned tattoo artists. Is there any one in particular that's like almost a muse for you or. Yeah. But there's a couple but I, it's way more diverse than the one guy's a
1: tattooer, but he does a lot of sign painting and a lot of other stuff. And I'm, his how prolific he is is what inspires me. And then you can tell he just stays within his comfort zone and does him. So everything he does, you go to him because you want one at what he does. What who is this? Uh, I don't even remember his first name. Is McKeag is the? Uh, um, if you look him up on Instagram, and he just it's like M C K E A G. Okay, and um, it's. He'll do a full back piece in like four hours. And I'm like, oh. and it, I think the people, he probably stands on him and grinds it in. Like he's a driller. <laughs> but at the same time, you're like, God, like that's incredible. He's yeah. like, yeah, I got a half a day. And then I'll see him post the video of what he did the next day. And it's like, holy shit. Like would use a, a spray paint? Like, I don't know how he could have done the tattoo the size that he did. And just his talent level is awesome. There's another guy who does lettering and he can, he could pick up anything, a stick. And he'll find a way to make it work as a medium, like dip it in ink. And then, so it's like free brush, but like he can work on an iPad he can work with brush markers, anything he does. It's every single thing he does is perfect. And you can tell how many reps he spent just getting to that point. So he's just on this lettering level, uh, you know, so far ahead of everybody else. And I think the entire tattoo industry feels that way about what he does, but it's just mind blowing. Oh, You know, there was a guy, um, Jake Wiedemann, he had the first Apple Pencil commercial during the Super Bowl, and he's probably the most talented artist I've ever seen across mediums. So he does wood carving, calligraphy. He's like the you know master wizard of calligraphy as well. Okay. But he's one of those guys where you just everything he touches, and he's you know the most anal retentive artist I've ever seen. So it's not fun, but you have to just like stand in awe of classic what, tortured artist. Yeah. I don't even know about tortured, but he's just, it doesn't well, look Well, tortured by the OCD.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, said yeah, it, you from know. that angle, yeah. Okay. He's very so cool. Yeah. Um, what's the evolution for you and for the shop? Obviously, you're taking on an apprentice now, so things are evolving here. Is that, you know, do you want to just kind of keep it you and one other person? You know, eventually she moves on, you maybe bring another person in, or? Uh, it's sort what, of. What do you kind of see as, like, the long-term future of the shop? And for you personally, I'd like to have three more, two more artists besides me and Casey. Would that, that mean expanding or to a different location? Probably. Or do you, so, you probably get that in here.
1: No. So, well, there's a couple ways we could do it here if we're still here. Um, my landlords are awesome guys. And I think this eventually, this real estate is going to be a strip mall. But really? Yeah. It's, they prospected on the, uh, lackawanna line going through so they're basically just sitting on this place and then we'll see what happens gotcha but the cool part is they've already told me like if anything ever happens don't worry we're gonna we'll build your shop to spec whatever you want in the strip mall and it's they're so good to me i don't even have to wonder like legally or whatever it's like put in the bank i trust them okay it's pretty cool so then three so then four total artists i'd say i don't want people having to be cutthroat Cause that's not really part of art, right? Like it, it, we are working artists, but I don't want them to feel like I want there to be enough work for everybody. And I think you have to slowly build that, not expand and then have three people standing around resenting you. Cause they don't make money.
0: Yeah. I mean, you took <clears throat> two years to get your first apprentice and like yep. you're doing fine. So it's like, right. you're, you're no pressure to just add four people. But so then
1: it's been difficult trying to make sure I make it to enough of my kids' sporting events and stuff. I, I do a pretty good job.
0: I'll just work till I'm dead, but I take the time off to be. So as you, as you move forward, just kind of balancing that work life
1: a little bit more? Yeah, and taking half steps back. And so then it's like, if, if they're making me money, I don't have to work as hard this week. And I'm not going to be complacent and just let them make me money. Mm-hmm. But then the idea would be to earn their loyalty take good care of them and then be able to retire so to speak while they make me money and then i just pop in and pick up an envelope like Tony Soprano, you know
0: that's yeah and you also get to spend time with your family it doesn't sound like a terrible idea to me no no not at all um and you obviously earned it and you're providing them with uh the opportunity and everything so that all makes sense to me Mm -hmm. um i guess the final question would just be you know to someone who's never been here um How would you, how would you sell them on coming here over someplace else? Maybe obviously like, you know, I was referred to you. My brother-in-law had gotten tattoos here. Mm -hmm. We knew you from growing up. So that was an easy one, but maybe somebody who is kind of doesn't know you or obviously word of mouth is the biggest thing, but what is it about your shop that you think, you know, you guys do really well that someone should come here over someplace else? Personal connection.
1: So that was the,
0: the best lesson i learned
1: was to be genuine and so instead of being too cool and acting like a fucking opera diva i sell everybody give your friend my cell phone number and i get back to everybody and yeah. then i make them feel like I, they matter rather than getting blown off in the lobby because they walked in and i i can't come out of a tattoo to do a referral but if you text me, I'll tell you what time I'm free and we'll get our schedules together at some point. Yep. And it takes a little bit more texting and that kind of stuff to reel them in. But then they feel confident in what, you know, they come in oh, and well, they've already, already built have up a, a personal a report. report. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Okay. And that works
0: wonders. And so then just being, making people feel like they matter, I think is a big, the So, do you, thing. the biggest thing for someone who's never been here is that, the personal touch. You know what I mean? Like there's a million technical great artists out there, but you guys are particularly great at the, I mean, you're good at that too, but it's the personal aspect. You're not just going to have some assassin who comes in, tattoos you, leaves, and it's just like, it's all scrubbed in. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, No. And I actually, my experience has been very much like that. I mean, I thought that I enjoyed the time just sitting here. It was, it was was super fun. I mean, like when Lynn got tattooed, I was like, more pumped to come because i was like yeah we're gonna go hang out and listen to 90s hip-hop and just talk about tv and food it's gonna be great yeah no it's good there's people who don't get that and
1: so then i don't care about half the stuff i ask i'm just trying to like light them up get them talking about something yeah and sometimes people don't get that but then with the people who get it it's just like even if say it's a quick tattoo too they kind of want to hang out and like me too but I got to get back to work yeah yeah know? I like that though and then that's cool like it's like the old dating thing like leave when you're having the most fun
0: yeah you got to do the George Costanza you know got to leave on that high right don't, don't, don't leave that room where the awkward silence is hit
1: and that's why I only tattoo for three hours because my productivity starts to dip at that point and sometimes you have to finish up a four hour tattoo or whatever but I prefer three hours because that's when the adrenaline is like shot And the endorphins are shot. And so then basically from that point forward, it's just white knuckle holding on, getting tattooed. Yeah, and then it's just. And some people like cyborgs, they're just able to completely detach and shut it down. And I'm always like, they'll cry about their marriage failing. But in terms of getting tattooed, they can sit for seven hours, you know, like. Wow. And I don't know how they do it. They're
0: just able to compartmentalize the pain. No big deal. Good for them. Yeah, I'm not one of them. Yeah. No, I mean, like, that's a long time to do anything. Not just tattooing. Right. Yeah, I mean, like just sitting around for seven straight and anything. Yeah. They have a lot of beer.
1: Yeah, yeah. Usually you got to drive home then.
0: Too. Oh yeah, good point. Better bring someone with you. Yeah. Who also somehow doesn't mind seven hours.
1: Well, and that's one of those things too. Like I encourage my customers to bring beer, and it's like you're not supposed to tattoo anybody that's drunk. But well, of time, course like,
0: you don't want them to be drunk, but maybe well, I, relax I, them a little bit. And I just want just, them
1: relaxed. And yeah. They're, they're more likely to bullshit with you if they've had a couple so right and it, it you know some of these guys too it's like they're on their way home from work they haven't eaten dinner yet or whatever and it's just like whew, i'd love to have a beer i'm like go ahead man yeah. like you serious and yeah go ahead They'll have it in their car bring it in. there you have go have a beer Yeah, awesome it's cool
0: well thank you so much yeah, man. Um, Thanks for going. this is really interesting and uh i really appreciate you being on here thank you
1: and uh look forward to
0: I'll probably hate this like the way I hate looking at my tattoo drawing or tattoo pictures but everyone hearing my shitty voice nah uh, no one likes their voice everything's fine
1: no that was it was easy I'll do it again cool maybe I'll interview you next
0: time yeah oh god that would be (laughs) it you want bad that, that would be it All right. thank you so much thank you